Welcome to day 43 of Shaped by the Word, season two, the drama of Scripture. And we find ourselves in the book of Genesis. And of course, Genesis has set the framework for the story for us through creation and also the fall. And God is forming a people for himself. And he has begun with Abraham and his family. And so we find ourselves in the life of his grandson, Jacob. And it's been quite an adventure so far. Jacob has deceived Esau out of both his birthright and his blessing, and he has fleed from him, uh, you know, to his uh, father-in-law's house, Laban. Uh, Laban and Jacob have been back forth, deceiving each other and taking advantage of each other. And Jacob is now going back to meet Esau, and he's preparing for this meeting because the last time we saw Esau, he was consoling himself or comforting himself with the thought of mm-hmm. killing Jacob. Yeah. And so and Jacob has arranged his family to meet him uh, one group at a time. He's arranged his animals, his gifts to give to Esau, and he has spent a night wrestling with God. And the story is beginning to take a nice turn. Uh, we meet Jacob as a far more humble man, and we meet Esau as a far more gracious man. So we turn to Genesis chapter 33. Uh, before we do so, let's offer ourselves in a moment uh, to the Lord. Cindy? Do you mind lifting us up with a word of prayer? No, I don't mind. Father, thank you so much for a time to um, slow our our pace and take a deep breath and enter that time in your word. And so, Father, we just ask that um, by your spirit you would just teach us the things that our heart needs right now, that you would give us all all that we need today for life and for godliness. And uh, we thank you for that. Amen. Amen. You have to like the wonderful sentence. Verse 33 starts with, Jacob looked up, and there was Esau coming with his 400 men. So he divided his children among Leah, Rachel, and two female servants. He put the female servants and their children in front, Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph in the rear. He himself went on ahead and bowed down to the ground seven times as he approached his brother. But Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck and kissed him, and they wept. And then Esau looked up and saw the women and the children. Who are these with you, he asked. Jacob answered, They're the children God has graciously given your servant. Then the female servants and their children approached and bowed down. Next Leah and her children came and bowed down. Last of all came Joseph and Rachel, and they too bowed down. Esau asked, What is the meaning of all these flocks and herds I've met? To find favor in your eyes, my lord, he said. But Esau said, I already have plenty, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. Now please, said Jacob, if I have found favor in your eyes, accept this gift from me. For to see your face is like seeing the face of God now that you have received me favorably. Please accept the present that was brought to you, for God has been gracious to me, and I have all I need. And because Jacob insisted, Esau accepted it. Then Esau said, Let us be on their way, I'll accompany you. But Jacob said to him, My Lord knows that the children are tender, and that I must care for the ewes and the cows that are nursing their young. If they're driven hard just one day, all the animals will die. So let my Lord go, let my Lord go on ahead of his servant, while I move along slowly at the pace of the flocks and the herds before me, and the pace of the children, until I come to my Lord in Seir. Esau said, Then let me leave some of my men with you. But why do that, Jacob asked? Just let me find favor in the eyes of my Lord. So that day Esau started on his way back to Seir. Jacob, however, went to Succoth, where he built a place for himself and made shelters for his livestock. That is why the place is called Succoth. After Jacob came from Padam Haran, he arrived safely at the city of Shechem in Canaan and camped within sight of the city. For a hundred pieces of silver he brought from the sons of Hamar, 
the father of Shechem, the plot of ground where he pitched his tent. There he set up an altar and called it El Elohe Israel. Mighty is the God of Israel. Mm-hmm. Or God is the God of Israel. Huh. So we have a we have a, a long awaited reunion and it is far different uh, than, than expectations have set us up for. Uh, Jacob has had a hard road. He's had to battle himself. He's had to battle his father-in-law. He's even had a battle with God, and he's expecting a battle with Esau. And uh, you have language that's even reminiscent of Luke 15, the prodigal son, when the father uh, runs and and hugs the son and kisses him on the neck and, and receives him. And so you do have kind of a prodigal son episode here uh, with a return you know of uh, Jacob to the land of Canaan what are some things that stand out as you read the passage I think you mentioned it earlier when you talked about just the humility of Jacob and um, I feel like that's what really leads to this and and the um, the similarities between this and the language used here and what you just said, the prodigal son, um, just the humility of both of them as they returned, knowing that they didn't deserve any sort of favor um, or or grace, and yet um, they received abundantly more than they expected. Um, so we definitely see his humility here for probably the first time, maybe. Yeah. Um, and it's and you see um, just what can come of that, and then just the forgiveness of his brother, um, which is powerful. I mean, these kind of stories are so powerful to us because they they're not what we naturally do, what we tend to want to do. No, this is uh, this is a different world than the world that we live in. Uh, not many of us have had to give seven herds away just to uh, make <laughs> things true. right with a brother uh, or had uh, several wives that we needed to pray in front of us. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, the, the only you know child that is mentioned is Joseph, and that sets us up for the rest of uh, the book of Genesis, which uh, we record his story as the favored son of Jacob mm-hmm. and the one mm-hmm. through whom God would also have to you know, bring into humbling circumstances in order for him to be a redeemer of all of Israel. So you have that you know, built up in there. That's and true. interesting enough, whenever, you know, whenever Isaac had blessed uh, you know, Jacob, he said, all your brothers will bow down before you. However, you have Jacob and his entire family bowing down you know, before Esau. And uh, Esau, I mean, Jacob himself bows down seven times. Mm-hmm. And, and so you do see kind of a reversal of the, of the role uh, where all of this time, you know, Jacob has wanted to dominate and manipulate and control Esau for his own ends. And here he is uh, humbling himself and taking in the position, you know, of a, of a mm-hmm. servant. Mm-hmm. This is a bit interesting to me, too, just how... Um, we saw um, in previous chapters where it seemed like Jacob didn't know God. It was always the God right. of his father. But now he has lots of personal references. You know, um, God is graciously given to me. And then also where he talks about um, the face of God. Mm-hmm. Um, as Esau looked at him favorably, somehow the face of God has looked at him favorably as, as far as the comparison goes. So he, he has definitely changed his thinking or relationship there it seems with God. No, and, and that's highlighted you know in the naming of the altar mm-hmm. you know there at Shechem you know El, 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 Israel 
uh, where he's not talking about the God of my fathers, but he's talking about a mighty God, mm -hmm. you know, who he has met and who he has known personally and whose face, you know, he has seen. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and of course, the imagery is a nice imagery. Your face is like the face of God now that you have received me favorably or mm -hmm. with the Old Testament equivalent of the word grace. Mm -hmm. uh, your face is like the face of God because you're a gracious, gracious man. And mm -hmm. the grace he'd received from the Lord is now grace you know, that he's receiving from Esau as well. Mm -hmm. And that's a significant statement, especially coming off Genesis 22, where he has just wrestled, you know, all night, and he, he names that place, you know, Peniel, because I saw the God face, face to God. face. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's also interesting to me, um, you know, we're, we've kind of watched this transformation of Jacob, and, and his name's been changed, and we're kind of awaiting this drastic transformation, and yet when we, even when we get to the end of Genesis 33, um, he's still a deceiver, you know. He still deceives Esau, and so we watch kind <laughs> of this. Is that what he's doing? Hum I, I mean, that's how I take it. I he didn't says, even realize that he was. He says, that. "Until I come to my Lord and Sierra, you know." And Esau says, "Let let me leave some of my men with you to make sure you know you get there safely." And and I'm sure that maybe there's uh, there's probably some fear there. There's a lot of emotions probably happening, but you know, it, even the text the way it says it. Um, so that day Esau started back. Jacob, however, went to Succoth. You know, he, mm -hmm. he's like, I'm out. There's no yeah. way I'm in. And, but just a little bit of, you know, whether it's intentional or whether it's implied, just still a little bit of deception yeah. um, in Jacob. And you feel some tension in the text yeah. uh, that, uh, you know, he's, he's being respectful and he's being very polite, but no, I don't want to walk for the next few miles <laughs> with you. <laughs> That's uh, I've always, I've always, you know, really you know, I and this is crazy. It's taken it way out of context, but I've always enjoyed his sensitivity to the to the young lambs and to the mm -hmm. children. And uh, you know, we must travel you know at the pace of the children. And, and and what a great you know principle. A lot of times we get caught up and we travel at our own pace and we forget you know bringing those around us along. And I know that's not an application from this text, mm -hmm. nor is that the way I would teach you to do an application of this text. <laughs> It's just what? something that uh, it, uh, it's just something that I've always appreciated. You know, his <laughs> yeah, tenderness, yeah. you know, and his awareness mm -hmm. of those around him and the pace that they should move, you know, should be in keeping with them. And that is, you know, something we should think about as we lead organizations, or as we lead families, or as we uh, become impatient with our own family. Uh, that uh, we, we move at the pace of those around us Perhaps with gentleness. Jacob's heart is grace. changing. <laughs> uh, either that or he's really afraid of Esau. What we are seeing is this yeah. transformation of Jacob, and, yeah. and it's also the reminder that our sin doesn't go away as quickly as we want it to. That's you a know? good point. And, yeah. and, and there's this wrestling with, with those things. We've seen the deceiver over and over and over again, exactly. and he's still wrestling with, with deception. Mm -hmm. uh, there's an interesting... Um, uh, interesting little embed in there um, you know in verse 10 no please said Jacob if I found favor in your eyes accept this gift from me for to see your face is like seeing the face of God now that you've received me favorably please accept the present and the word there for present is uh, the word blessing uh, and so he has stolen a blessing from him and now he is giving him a blessing in return and it's kind of a there's a bit of recompense you know that is taking you know taking mm -hmm. place That's you know taking place here and of course part of the blessing were flocks and herds and things and so he's mm -hmm. even though he's already had these things he is is he's giving back what he has taken mm -hmm. i this is just a side note but i do find it interesting that he um he places rachel and joseph closest to him kind of as 
a protective measure. They're the ones furthest away from the front of the line. Um, so protecting those he treasures the most, which mm-hmm. is sad, kind of. But also, I mean, um, he loves Rachel and he loves Joseph, his only son from Rachel. Uh, so. They're they're kind of arranged, you know, in ascending, you know, order of importance or value, mm-hmm. you know, to Jacob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and again, you know, Joseph is the only child that is mentioned, you know, is mentioned by name, yeah. and he will play a prominent role, you know, not only you know in a, a Jacob's, you know, Jacob's heart, but in the story as it as it carries on. Mm-hmm. You have to love too. I mean, we talked about it some, but just that reconciliation moment between Esau and Jacob, you know, mm-hmm. however far it went, or however. Um, true it was that verse 4 but Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him he threw his arms around his neck and kissed him and they wept you know, I mean, what, what a moment for these two brothers to come together and, and to weep to, yeah. to reconcile uh, and it just reminds us I mean, God's heart is towards reconciliation we're going to see that over and over again especially mm-hmm. in the New Testament where we're commanded to go and reconcile with brothers um, but I mean, just seeing this portrait uh, both parties have been through a lot we haven't heard of you know we haven't heard Esau's side but we've we've right. followed Jacob uh, we don't know Esau's story but the Lord has indeed uh, you know uh, has blessed him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know as well and so he has plenty and he has plenty more after you know after this encounter mm-hmm. yeah and God God does have a heart for reconciliation and I think just on a personal note I mean it's so easy for us to um, if there is if there is um, some conflict between us and another person, it's very easy for us to just let that distance continue to grow and to build up um, resentment and maybe even project things that we feel guilty for on the other person, um, assuming that they believe those things about us. And um, and I just think it's so good to be reminded from God's word that he has, he longs for us to be reconciled to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, we are his representatives here. And, um, and so maybe that's just uh, something that um, we need to pray about um, just personally, that if there's some reconciliation that needs to happen, like that God would um, put that on our hearts and um, that he would lead us to, mm-hmm. to reach out. I don't, I don't know what that looks like, but I know that I've had to I've had to take steps like that. I guess like you that. kiss people on the neck and we. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe it'll look like yeah. that. Who knows? Yep. But yeah, I think it's a very um, it's powerful, like we said, and and it can be powerful in our own lives too. Mm-hmm. Well, we have come to the end of another fifteen minutes in in the Word, which yeah. used to be the name of the podcast, but uh, <laughs> no longer is. Uh, nonetheless, uh, Matt, do you mind closing us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are a God of grace, a God who is at work in us, transforming us into the image of Christ. And, and Father, we ask that you would um, continue to expose the, um, those areas of sin that, that we hold on to, um, continue to turn our hearts back to you. Father, lead us to repentance. We thank you that you are a gracious God who cares deeply um, about us, Father. Um, would you help us to to reconcile with um, brothers or sisters that, that we need to to reconcile with and would you get glory from it father we thank you for this time in your word um, would you use it um, to establish your people um, in your grace it's in christ's name we pray Amen.